Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with SM. Hello everyone. Hello. What's going on? Shit. What's new? What's the haps? Uh, I'll tell you what the haps is. What's the haps be? The haps be? Is that correct? I, I don't know. That doesn't feel correct. Ha haps isn't a word, so. So the haps be, we saw the Joker. Joker. It's just Joker. You corrected me the other day. Yeah, I now. Now. <laughs> well, who's, who's doing fuck. it wrong now? So we saw the Joker. So we saw. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. Fuck you. We're done. So we saw Joker. You were excited to go see Joker, weren't you? I was excited to go see Joker. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. So. Fuck all y'all with your fucking news saying that it's bad. The well, all, all that stuff has stopped from what I've seen. Just kind of like I predicted it would on Twitter. Every, everybody's outraged about something they don't know anything about. They haven't seen it. And my the, the best part is, is that it is it has broken box office records for October. Yeah, it's really good. So, That's why. Well, my point is, it, despite the protestations of the the okay. fucking twitters okay what calm down that's what they do they go on there and they protest okay and but protestations yeah is that not a word first of all i don't know if it's a word second of all so, well, you look it up find out protestation is a word second of all what eighth grade vocabulary is what we all need <laughs> to use i think people can determine what that means uh, I'm really curious now. I'm watching you look this up. Right. An emphatic, emphatic declaration that something is or is not the case. So it's word then? You asshole. <laughs> I try to bring a little class every week. I just look up one word. No, I don't do that. I did used to read when I was younger, and I've held on to some of that vocabulary because that was back when my memory worked. So some of... Some what did you used to memories. read? The dictionary? Not books, just books. Anything I can get my hands on because I couldn't watch TV. So, but I did start. I, and I, th you know, what's funny is I feel like I always thought I was cool because I was reading Stephen King when I was really young, right? I was too, but I apparently. But that's the thing, though. Is that's words. what I'm finding out now. I feel like most people started reading Stephen King when they were really young. At, like I said, at the time, I thought I was cool. We but, all were right, but everybody, but I didn't know anybody else who was because I went. It, it, other my sister but she was three years older than me so Stephen she was way King older so. and dave barry were like yeah their their demographic is was like, like 12, 12 year olds and and yeah i don't think we understood i thought i was reading something i shouldn't be reading no. but apparently it was directed right it was basically ya it was young adult literature it was young adult and so was irma bombeck like that was also <laughs> good housekeeping. I would read that in, in I read, I read her in my grandma's yeah. good housekeeping magazine. Irma Bombeck also meant for, meant for children. Holy shit! I read, I read some Irma Bombeck shit. What was too. wrong with us? Because <laughs> I got no love when I asked on Facebook. I was like, hey, hey anybody else? I did. I was like, was like me. It was like me and you. Apparently, we were just which couple goals, right? <laughs> wow, that's weird. I was reading Dave Barry, Irma Bombeck. A lot of people were reading King. Stephen King, but again, at the time, I didn't know it. Uh, but it seems like that, that and far was, side. I read so, far side too. Well, yeah, far side was fantastic. Um, I read that. I read a rumor that's coming back. There's like a website now. Gary Larson started a, or somebody started a far side website, and I assume it's Gary Larson's involved. Anyway, going back to Joker. Uh, yeah, despite Twitter, you know, uh, screaming about it and how terrible it's going to be. It's it's broken October box office records. A lot of them set just last year by Venom for like highest opening weekend in October. Venom, Venom, Venom. Venom. Last October did really well in general because there was also the new Halloween movie that did really well. And Oh, was that last year? Yeah. Huh. And, and now this movie, which is rated R, Venom was rated PG-13. It's doing better. In America, I think it's doing a lot better. I think it's looking at like 94 million. Venom did like just over 80 million, which was already huge. And they both are doing well more than they were projected to do. And that just makes me happy because it's a really good movie. If it interests you, you should go see it. It is not your typical comic book movie by any means. It is a deep study, character study. Uh, it has a lot to do with the study of mental illness, the effects of, of abuse on people, uh, and the class disparity. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit of class really, warfare. It's really, really good. 
And I think I know at least for me dealing with your mother's mental illness really made it a lot. You mean with my mother? With your yeah. mother's mental illness? Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Well, yeah, but I, I just I didn't know if you meant like a general. No, your mother's mental illness. Yeah. Um, made me relate to the movie a lot more. Yeah. Than I would otherwise. Right. Because when people say like mental illness, they think they think of it on like a very superficial level, like. Usually on like an exaggerate, exaggerated well, or. No, uh, I think I think a lot of people are like, I have mental illness. I have anxiety. It's like, oh, OK, gotcha. The other like way. You, OK, so direction. that no. And they like, yeah, that is a form of like, don't get me wrong. Like that's a that is. Yeah. But there's a very real. Deep mental illness. That. It, it, cause, it can just, keep you from functioning properly yes. in society. And I don't that, mean it, in a it, way like where you're afraid to go up and get seconds at the buffet or something. Right, where I you're mean, just like, oh, I have to practice before I call and order pizza, which like <laughs> is very real. I hate ordering pizza. It makes me very nervous. So but it it's and like I'm not I'm not downplaying that, but I also am when it comes to like this movie. People like my mom or the characters in this movie. Yeah. Where there is a severity that a lot of people don't think about or realize because that's not what they're struggling with. And that doesn't minimize your struggle and it doesn't lessen your struggle. But it's just another perspective that people forget exists because they're busy thinking about theirs, their own struggle. And because I dealt with Sean's mom when I was pregnant and obviously Sean dealt with his mom his whole life, I think we appreciated the movie more than a lot of people do yeah and there there was no kind of uh i don't know call to arms or whatever the, i don't the know Twitter what the people, fuck these people are talking, are talking about, about with this, this weird the whole entire time he's like i'm not political it's, it's he's not political it, and it's not i don't it, yeah it's, it's a really just, good movie twitter users I, are just fucking idiots that's that's all it comes down to they're just fucking morons yeah i don't know what I don't know what Twitter people are talking about. I That's why I really hate and Twitter. It's a shame that they kind of can, they have that kind of control on, on entertainment right now. I mean, it doesn't really, again, go into the real world, but they have that kind of control on entertainment, what you can and can't say, can and can't do, and all that kind of stuff. It's really stupid. It's a shame that executives are allowing that control. Right. And the press, the the actual press is allowing it as well, because they're, they're coming, they're, they're there's been a lot of, uh, the 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 more liberal leaning uh, press outlets reviewing this movie and act, they're saying oh this movie has is empty it has no consequence it's a, they're they're trying to downplay it in a different way and it's like they're clearly bringing their their political views into it when I don't even feel like this movie was political I real I mean I guess well, I guess in some small aspect no it is but, but they're they're missing out though on again like they, they don't even touch on the 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 mental illness part of it, which is a huge part of the movie. Like mental illness is a huge part. And and they just discount say, all that. Was it Josh Brolin's quote that you read me about yeah. how you have to have gone through? Either been through some trauma, basically, to, to really get this movie. And most people have or most people feel that they have. But uh, and, there, and there's different kinds of trauma, obviously. But yeah, to, to real. And so this this whole movement against it is just stupid. And it's not working anyway. The movie is a huge hit. And it deserves to be a huge. Yeah. And walking and the question I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners have is walking Phoenix versus Heath Ledger. And I will just say this. They're, they don't even exist in the same universe. They're so they're both so good. They're they're both. I mean, they're yeah, they're, they're different portrayals. They both deserve to be there. And there isn't one that's better than another. Uh, they're both written and performed amazingly well by both actors. So they're, that's that's kind of a non it's a non it's not even a real, yeah that's not even a real question yeah so you don't, don't if if some people are hung up on oh, Heath Ledger was the best joker ever or whatever those are two totally different jokers yeah I, and that's like that's like discounting Jack Nicholson and Mark Hamill's jokers too like there's a lot of good you can have more than one it's not Highlander you can have more than one good joker out there and obviously Jared Leto will never be invited to that party but everybody <laughs> else there's a lot of other good jokers out there uh, yeah it's not they're not even they don't exist in the same universe I yeah. Like they're not. And in I the would same. I would love to see a Batman movie 
in this universe, separate from the crazy over the top DC universe with everybody and their superpowers. That's the one thing I never liked about Batman and Justice League is he's pretty much pointless because he is literally just a dude with some toys. He can't compete with Wonder Woman and Superman or even the Flash for that matter. About this universe is that it might as well be New York. Yeah, it felt like New York. This this comic quote unquote comic book movie which is technically a comic book movie yeah it is it feels like it's just a, a novel like it feels like it's just it, an it adaptation feel, what it actually feels like and what what you probably don't realize because you haven't seen it is like old martin scorsese movies and just older like 70s movies mean streets dog day after uh, dog day afternoon and taxi driver and uh king of comedy and stuff like that huge influence on this movie and it's, it's so good really good highly recommend it this movie is so so good like couple goals stamp of approval i big time strongly recommend it probably gonna take logan to see it next weekend i didn't see a oh there wasn't a bad performance in the movie no dominoes in the movie from <laughs> from uh zazie bates yeah from deadpool 2 she's great everybody's great everybody's great that chick from uh princess conroy from from American Horror Stories and that. It's really um, good. Everybody's you, really good. Do you, do you want to tell them what happened at the theater? <laughs> so <laughs> it is not a comedy. There are no jokes. There's a couple funny moments. There I would is say there's a, a funny moment. I'd say there's two. There's one funny moment. There's one moment that the whole theater laughed at. Don't and spoil that. It is not a joke. It is just the way Joaquin Phoenix plays the moment that makes people laugh. Right. Because he. It's kind of horrifying at the it, same yeah, time. It's it's an absolute. It's horrifying, it's but he there's he some plays physical it so comedy well to it. That, that it's funny. Yeah. And by the way, Joaquin Phoenix is fucking brilliant. He's Stellar, brilliant, man. Harry. <laughs> brilliant. So that's that should be, you know, other everybody has like thumbs up and this and we that. Have, we have Wait, brilliant ours, Harry. It, did it, two brilliant Harrys. So, um. So anyway, there's another moment, and it's really in the climax of the movie, where you're kind of realizing, you know, Joker's, he's coming into his own, he's, he's become Joker. Becoming Joker. But he's yeah. becoming Joker, I guess, and he tells a Joker joke. Told a funny joke on a talk show. He told show. a Joker joke. He told a joke, it was funny. No, I thought it wasn't funny. I thought it was funny. So and he tells so a Joker I, it, joke. It, okay, I, I don't even say I thought it was funny. It was a very funny joke. I don't have a twisted sense of humor. I'm yeah. not, I, I don't. I don't think I do. That's a Sean joke. And I laughed. And then I laughed really hard because it was a very funny joke. And it was and so much was needed levity. the only person in, and for the first second or microsecond, he was the only person laughing. And then... You and I started laughing and, and then and we were with our friends, Mark and Lauren, and I realized they they weren't laughing at the joke. They were laughing at me laughing at the joke because they thought my laughter was so inappropriate because the joke wasn't funny. It was very funny joke. So it was very a joker fun. joke, which <sighs> is not funny. So funny. I think we should tell the joke. No, you don't want to tell the joke. No. OK, the joke needs to be told on screen. You don't. It's not a. No. All right. But it's during the climax of the movie. Anyway, it's a very funny joke that I would tell people. And it but it's I don't know. It, it's a joke that's designed to make the teller of the joke laugh. And yeah, from that perspective, it's, it's for, very funny. It's meant for the teller of the joke, not the audience. And Sean lost it, which then made all of us, his friends, lose it. And then I started laughing harder when I realized they were laughing at me. So I looked like a fucking maniac to anybody yes. who wasn't in our little group. <laughs> I just looked like a fucking psychopath. And then, like, the lady sitting <laughs> next to me was just, like, curling up into herself. <laughs> like, ah, oh, no thanks for these people. <laughs> fucking laughing. Like, like, she had, like, they're like, oh, it's going down. Yeah. <laughs> like, she had, like, her knees to her chest. Like, this is how it ends. Like, no, I I promise like uh oh it was uh, a funny it's a funny fucking joke and no. i would love to get some feedback on that fucking joke because it's fucking hilarious it's a hilarious joke it's exactly my kind of humor i mean to be fair sean also well i also find that the ricky gervais joke 
Like, what do you get the the kid with the orphan kid with <laughs> nothing with, or with no with no arms and no legs? Yeah, the orphan child. What do you get him for Christmas? Cancer. Cancer. Yeah, like that's like, a funny joke. <laughs> that's a funny joke. Like that's a pretty funny joke. It's along, so, those, it's along those lines. It's along those lines. So, so I, again, I don't think I have a twist. Uh, Ricky Gervais is huge. He's worldwide. He's telling that joke. Therefore, it's not like some twisted dark joke. It was funny though, because like the reaction of everyone around Joker was like, "No, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that." <laughs> and uh, which is clearly a. Uh, read into Twitter and that reaction right. and people being like, you can't, can't fucking say that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, moving on. I don't think I have any. You know, I never touched on the whole Spider-Man back in the MCU. I tried to touch on it and then you were just like, because I was like, do you think that was a play? Just to. I don't even care about that part, but it, what I care about is the fact that they, they implied that Spider-Man could, could exist that that the Tom Holland Spider-Man could exist both in Sony's universe that they're doing as well as the MCU, which I think would be really cool because again, it gives me hope that we'll still get to see a, a Spider-Man and Venom and maybe even carnage altogether. Uh, and hopefully well-written obviously, but it, it gives me hope for that. So there's always, I've, I've always been very split about Spider-Man because like Sony has such a terrible record. It's like, no, you don't want him over there. But at the same time, I really like it when he's just on his own and not in the Avengers universe. So uh, maybe we'll get the best of both worlds. You know, he can still be in the MCU and, and maybe still show up with uh, Tom Hardy's Venom. Well, my thing is, like, it's not really the Avengers anymore now that that's over. Well, it, but I mean, just still that larger universe, global scale threats and stuff like that. Like, I, I like, you know, and, I, and, you know, the fact that he has access to so much tech, like, that's just not very Spider-Man. That's that it's Spider-Man's had his moments like that in the comics. Absolutely. But he always loses that stuff. You know, he, he always goes back to status quo, which is. I don't like know the if you saw kid. the end. Of right. And that, they could set that up. But he's lost. But he also has tank. access to like fucking drones still. So they need to get rid of that because that I mean. <laughs> nobody could take him down with those, with those fucking drones basically if he used them correctly i don't know he's just he kind of lost it's just weird though his, too that tony would even leave him those drones because as far as i can tell they're just lethal and that is not spider-man's style to just kill people so i he probably wouldn't use them anyway for in that in uh yeah he accidentally almost used them yeah anyway moving on moving on do you want to delve into your topic this week you want me to go first I it's, want you it's to go depressing first. Okay. This week I I decided to go going classic Maggie. I decided to take it back. Take it back cuz I haven't done a depressing topic in a while. Okay. Ever since I did that Columbine topic that nobody liked. Yeah. Nobody liked that <laughs> no shit. No one liked that. No one and why would you? Turns out <laughs> nobody likes it when I talk about school shootings. <laughs> Weird. Weird. So this week I'm taking it back. So that kind of an idea. Oh, good. We're talking about polyclass. No idea what that is. What? Polyclass? What are you saying? It's two names. Poly, last name, class. Yeah, don't know what that is. Okay. So shook. this case, it shook me up when I was a kid. So I'm the same age as Polly. But Polly, it wasn't like... It wasn't like Amy Mahalovic where it was local. Polly and I were the same age, like same birth year and everything, but she was in Petaluma, um, California. Okay. So she was 12 years old in 1993 and she was living with her mother, Eve, and her younger sister, Annie. And then her father, Mark Class, was divorced from her, her that her father was divorced from her mother, but they were still very close. Like she was really close with her father. So on October 1st, 1993, Polly had invited over her two closest friends for a sleepover. And they were playing in Polly's room and her mother was asleep in the bedroom next door. And at some point during the evening, a man had broken in via the back door and made his room, his way over to Polly's bedroom. So he tied up Polly's two friends. He gagged them and put a pillowcase over each of their heads. What year was this? 
1993. 93. Okay, there's the end. 83. Okay, 93. And he told them to count to 1,000. And then Polly was gone. It was the last time anyone saw her alive. Wow. So her friends stood back to back and they were trying to untie themselves. And when that didn't work, one girl was able to bring her hands under her feet to, to free herself. And they were able to awaken Polly's mother, who immediately called the police. And so over the weeks that followed... Broke into a house and just snatched a girl. Yeah. And now... But she's a single mom? Yeah, she was divorced. And she was uh, asleep. So so the mom's asleep. Well, that seems like it would be the dad then, right? Most likely suspect? No? No, the dad's like super good relationship with... Oh, I just, that's so weird. I, that's what I said in the first paragraph. Oh, I'm sorry. Dad was in a really good relationship. So anyway, over the weeks that followed, the search for Polly became the largest search ever carried out for a missing child. It involved 4,000 volunteers working together in any way they could. It involved bloodhounds, and it took place over 1,000 square miles of ground and 3,000 miles by air. In the days after Polly Class's disappearance, Winona Ryder came forward and offered 200000 for any information oh, that wow. helped bring Polly Class home because she was from Petaluma, California herself. And in 94, <clears throat> while wow, Ryder even dedicated the film Little Women to Polly. Oh. Years later. When did you hear about this? 1993. I don't. Oh, because I, I don't think I had TV yet. <laughs> so I didn't know I didn't know about news stories <laughs> you're like what was the news you're no like, wait I think I had TV in 93 you're like 93 no I did I did have TV in 93 yeah you probably I, had a job already so yeah. you should have had TV yeah I didn't watch TV still except for MTV <laughs> so years later Ryder told a reporter that she had turned down roles in dark movies because of class's disappearance uh, affecting her Obviously, she's over that now with Stranger Things because she's well, yeah. like, she's like, yeah, you can take my kid and fucking lock him in the upside down. That's fine. <laughs> so Polly's missing poster was a first for its time. The rise in technology by 93 meant that images were actually digitized and of greater quality than any missing poster ever before. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. But this is why I had heard of it. You know, this was taking place in California. But this is why me in Ohio got yeah. to hear about it. The day after Polly was kidnapped, two Petaluma residents, Gary French and Bill Rhodes, contacted the police department to inform them that Polly's missing child poster could be digitized, resulting in crisp, recognizable images. French and Rhodes were joined by a third person, syndicated computer columnist, columnist Larry Majid, who contacted several Internet networks and worldwide with worldwide clientele of more than 20 million users. So Polly's crisp, recognizable missing child poster soon received a far wider distribution than any previous missing child poster, which is why so many people know about Polly Class. Or just you. Not just me. <laughs> but see, that's why, like, Amy Mahalovic, you know, like, I know because it happened in Bay Village, Ohio. You I, know, I, even though she I was I still draw a blank there, too. You just... Do not care about missing. Have you not girls. seen there's I need to send you this video. Somebody published or sent me a video or I saw a video this week that made me laugh. And it was uh, some guys put together a video of what they think you're going to do when you get an Amber Alert on your phone. And oh, they, I did see that. Did you see that the guy's yeah. just like playing in like NBA 2K or something? And then his phone starts making the noise and he just fucking like runs out of the house. And every like all his friends uh, are out. Everybody in the neighborhood is outside. They Looking file in a kids. car. Yeah. They pull some random car over. <laughs> yeah, I did see uh, that. That was funny. So anyway, well, I actually have Amberlers turned off on my phone. I do, too. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't. I well, Again, because I'm when, not a good person. So, well, no, it's more than that, because when you're driving, at least in Ohio, yeah. they have them up on the billboards. Yeah. Or like those. We don't have not billboards, but we have like those digital little, billboards. Yeah, yeah. Whatever those things are called yeah. where like they normally tell you about traffic. Yeah. They switch them. Yep. Tamber alerts. So I'm not I don't fucking need it on my phone. <laughs> I'm all set. So anyway. And again, you're not going to go 
running out the house anyway, so. And we live on a dead end street, so I guarantee unless they're sitting in front of my house, I'm not going to see <laughs> right, them. <laughs> right. And I have an eight minute drive home, so I'm not going to see too much on like, the three I streets work, I go on. I work from home. So and I live on a dead end street. So and I don't have any neighbor in front of the house. So unless they're sitting in my driveway, I'm not going to see them. Yeah, that's the unfortunate part. <laughs> so anyway, what I was saying was, uh, yeah, so they they end up reaching like so many people. And one of the major clues that authorities had to go on was this partial handprint left behind in Polly Class's room. <clears throat> so when they ran the print, it came up with a match. Richard Allen Davis. So the police connected him with a man who ran his car into a ditch the night that Polly Class disappeared. Hmm. And then all the pieces started to fall into place. So a lifelong criminal, Davis was in and out of prison regularly. He began having run-ins with the law at age 23 in 1967. His crimes started out with petty theft and public drunkenness. However, they became increasingly more serious as time passed, and they later included violent and sexual assaults of women and kidnapping. Hmm. Yeah, he's a bit of a bummer. The same evening that Polly was kidnapped, 20 miles north in Santa Rosa, a babysitter noticed a truck stuck in a ditch at the end of the driveway of the property where she was working, which made her a little uneasy. So she called the homeowner who came home and then they called the police. Davis had been drinking when he got his truck lodged in the ditch. The APB regarding the kidnapping had just been released half an hour after the kidnapping had occurred. However, it only went out on Channel One which was the Sonoma County Sheriff's channel. Okay. So when the police arrived at the home where Davis and his truck was lodged, you know, when they were where they were lodged, those police only had access to the Channel 3 report, so they didn't know about the kidnapping. So they fucking... Anyway, so Davis didn't give them a good feeling, but the police didn't have any reason to hold him. No. So he had an open container of beer, but nothing incriminating in the car. Due to the fact that he was not drinking when the police discovered him, he technically wasn't doing anything illegal. Okay. He was trespassing, and the police informed the owner that if they if she made a citizen's arrest, they could take Davis, but she refused to do so. Pretty hard to comprehend. But, uh, police let him go. Oh, okay. So still suspicious... All they could do was document the encounter. So they filled out a field interrogation card with all of his details. But looking back now, it seems pretty fucking old fashioned. Right. Wow. Moving forward. Wait, on, wait how soon after the half an hour after the kidnapping? 20 after, miles away. after it was reported? Or yes. After, so they knew about the kidnapping. But they didn't know about it. The cops didn't know about oh, okay. it because it was reported on Channel One. And these cops were tuned into Channel Three. Gotcha. So on November 28th, the same woman who owned the house where he had been in the ditch, <clears> she <throat> was walking in the area surrounding the house and a number of trees had just been cleared. And on the ground, she found a pair of torn girl's leggings. Huh. So she reported this to police who searched the property and police then made a review of the calls that had been made to them the night of the kidnapping and came up with Davis who had the field interrogation card filed on him and then made match to the palm print and found found in Polly's bedroom. And uh, we're able to arrest Davis for kidnapping Polly class. So he was arrested on the 4th of December and he confessed to her kidnapping and murder. He would not, however, give police any further details on what happened on the night of the kidnapping. Due to his particular, particularly suspicious behavior on October 1st, it is widely believed that he had hidden Polly in the bushes and trees surrounding where his car had gotten stuck in the ditch. Oh, man. He was also particularly dirty and covered in leaves when the cops saw him. Mm. Suggesting he had just been in the bushes right before. So Polly was like, Like, so like Polly was like right there. Yeah. And they they didn't do anything. Wow. 
So Davis led authorities to Polly's body, which had been dumped in a shallow grave near Cloverdale, about 30 miles north of Petaluma. Davis was not sentenced until July 18th, 1996. His charges were first degree murder as well as robbery, burglary, Why kidnapping. Why did he kill her? Why? He, I just told you he refused to talk about it. But I, I'm just, but why? <laughs> like, I, I just don't. He was I, drunk. I know, but just like. I've, and why her? Yeah. And how did he know that like he wouldn't get caught when he walk, walked into that house? Right. Yeah. It's all very, everything about it. Are you saying there's another party involved? No. Oh. I'm saying there's a lot of fucking unanswered questions. So his charges were first degree murder, robbery, burglary, kidnapping, and a lewd act on a child. Mm. Emotions ran particularly high at the child at the trial. Why are you always trying to ruin my Sundays? Like why? Why is that? Why is that fun? Due to Davis's behavior, where he flipped off the jury as he entered, <laughs> and he made comments to Polly's father, Mark, about raping Polly. Jesus Christ. Judge Thomas Hastings sentenced Davis to death by lethal injection, saying it's very easy for me to pronounce a sentence given your revolting behavior in this courtroom. <laughs> now, age 64, Davis is on death row and lives in solitary confinement, confinement at San Quentin State Prison after a number of attempts were made on his life by other prisoners. Polly's kidnapping and murder brought into effect several changes in the systems, which have undoubtedly been instrumental in protecting numerous victims against dangerous individual individuals. These include the three strikes laws, which came into effect in March of 94, just months after Polly's murder. This law was formed to stop repeat offenders from being able to go in and out of prison after committing serious violent crimes. An offender who commits any kind of crime with two other convictions, will now be sentenced to life in prison under the three strikes law. So violent criminals. Yeah. Depressing. Well. Sad. Told you. Sad and depressing. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I thought you guys might uh, like a return to what I was known and for. And then I try to think of, of listeners, like people who enjoy true crime podcasts, and I, I feel like they're sitting there driving and they're just like, oh, yeah. This is good stuff. This is solid stuff. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> I, I don't understand the reaction. Like, I don't know what the reaction is. It doesn't well, bring me joy. I don't want it. Well, see, like the poly class story is interesting for a couple reasons. Number one, it was a total failure in of justice. Yeah. And number two, it was the first use of um, missing children ads on the Internet. Oh. Or missing children on the internet, like those posters. Okay. And number three, it instituted the three strikes in California. So that's the that's the shitty part about people in general, right? Like you have to have something bad happen first before right. rules happen. Before, yeah. That's just how it is. It's like I just right. updated today. I'm so tired of people wanting to join couple gold listeners. And Dude, not this answering week we the got questions. A bunch of random. We get so many people wanting to join and not answer the questions. Right. It's not hard. No, it's not. It's not hard. So now I've added. No, it's not a hard question. <laughs> so now I've added an extra step. Oh, yeah. And you have to agree to the rules. And answer the question. Oh, OK. And the rule is simple. The rule is you will answer the fucking question. <laughs> And you have to agree to that and then answer the question. Yeah, I think people, because of the name, couple goals, like that's all they see and like they don't understand because these are clearly not listeners. It, and every time, every every person that I reject, uh, and it could be bots for all I know, you know what I mean? Some they're they're members really... of like 300 groups already, which is, a, that's a, that's too many groups. Right. You're just, I, I, I'm a member of like three groups. I'm not. I'm a member of a lot of groups. Are you? Yeah, but I'm not active in them. Yeah, but I the groups I signed, you know, I signed up for groups and uh, I answered the questions if required or whatever. And there'll be random guesses, too, because I think some of these people don't speak English. So I, I don't understand how they're fine. But uh, what what did they the one answer? Because the question is, who are S&M, which is obviously just Sean and Maggie. 
or you could you know the hosts of the show <laughs> like you know what i mean something instead somebody put goals <laughs> as the answer i saw uh what was the other one I, there was another one I saw that was like a random guess so that makes me think. I don't know how bots work, so I, I don't know if bots are programmed to to do such things. But it's like, to attempt come to answer, the fuck so. on, dude. So like, I but I just did that. But the thing is, like, someone has to go first and do it and and do it wrong, right? Like, yeah. someone has to make the mistake. Someone has to be the victim first. And that's, that sucks. But like, polyclass was the victim for like a lot of firsts. Yeah. So that's why her story is so interesting. And it really shook me up because she's her birthday's in January of 81 and I'm in June of 81. So like when it happened to her, for me as like a little girl at home, you're like, that could be me. Yeah. Because you're yeah. literally just hanging out in your home. That's what you always fear as a kid anyway, because you always, that's, that kind of randomness is what you, thought as a as a child that's what i thought kidnapping was and now most kidnapping was somebody knew the kid kind of thing not this guy no but that's what i mean though but as a kid though you just thought it was all random and and everything like that and uh and and clearly that that does happen too yeah um, oh yeah that happens more times than not but like in this case it was literally like this dude just broke in the house and and tied up two of her friends and stole her no yeah. That's horrifying. Right. And like when you're when you're a little girl sitting at home, you're like, yeah, that's uh, that's that's hor You go to sleepovers and you're like, yeah, fingers crossed. I come home <laughs> <I'm> like. <sighs> uh, anyways, moving moving on. Oh, I have I have like a, a kind of announcement. Going to be starting a new, oh, a I new thought, thing. I thought something changed in the last half hour. No. OK. I'm going to be starting a new thing. You are going to be starting a new thing. So uh, my friend Mark, and every time I talk about Mark, I feel like Gretchen Weimers from Mean Girls because I want to be like my friend Mark, the lead singer of Chimera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the inventor of Toaster Shirt All. Right. Uh, but we're going to be starting a, a YouTube channel that's still in the formative conceptual stages and everything, but... It's going to he he's a big movie guy. I'm a big movie guy. We have very similar tastes. It's all it's going to be a lot different than the podcast I do with John because we tend to enjoy the same things. Mark has respectable taste. <laughs> so it's going to vary a lot from the other podcast that I do. And this this will be obviously a video. Um, but yeah, so that's that's actually really cool and exciting uh we're hoping to have that off the ground next month in november uh in time for your birthday yeah but uh just uh, movie reviews movie, deep oh, dives yeah. on on movies uh things like that i will actually do like legit research again it will <laughs> differ from my podcast with john because mark will bring effort into it so i want to match that effort remember when we started our podcast and you were like I don't know if I fucking like this podcast. Well, I was just being honest. I, I wanted to be honest with the listener that I was on the same page as they were. I don't even know if this is worth listening to. I still don't know if it's worth listening to. <laughs> Some people think it is. I'm not sure it is. <laughs> so, it's, uh, but thanks for listening anyway. But yeah, uh, we're again, we're in the conceptual stages and I'll, I'll have more information for you. And we're hoping to make it like a big thing. You know, Mark obviously has, you know, he's in the entertainment industry, even though, even though uh, Chimera is retired and everything, he's still, you know, he, he met a lot of people toward the world, his fans all over the world. So uh, he has some ins as far as that goes. Uh, so that'll be interesting for me to step into something. Crowley. To step into something that one, I'm not like in charge of, not that I'm in charge of this podcast, but you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, this is like an equal burden. Then the, the other podcast I do is like, I feel like it's all me. <laughs> so this will be feel like and, and to probably step into a much larger audience just right off the bat, too, just because he already has fans and stuff. And hopefully I can bring a couple fans over to watch that. Um, yeah. All the people who don't like murder will probably go over there. Right. People who turn it tune in for my bullshit, my fanboy shit. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. 
Um, I'm sure some people are like, ah, why do you do so many things? Why do you think people care? <laughs> it's like, I just, this is the stuff I love doing. So if, if that is a question in your mind, this is what I want to do. Stuff like this and not what I've been doing for most of my working life. So. Yeah, I have stuff coming out in um, later this month, like when I'm at Women's Entrepreneur Day. Not this month. Nope. Later this year and in early 2020, because it's not about. It's not that it's not about what the audience wants, because it absolutely is. But it's also about what you need to do to feel fulfilled. Yeah. And the audience will find you based on that. Right. So as long as you continually deliver quality content and you're giving, which this podcast is not quality content. <laughs> it is two people sitting and talking. It's entertainment. But right. But as long as you continually deliver what you can and you're doing what you need to, the, the correct audience will find you. And if it's if it's the same people from a couple, you know, on a couple of your different platforms, yeah. that'd be awesome. But it isn't always going to be right. And that's OK. That's that's just how business works and how, you know, it's about finding your ideal customer avatar for each one. Right. Which is what I talk about in my marketing. But I'm very excited, strategy. though. I'm, uh, I'm excited, a little nervous. Uh, one, you know, I mean, we, we do a little bit of video content. This will be a little bit more intensive. It's going to be a lot more intensive for you. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited, though. And I'm also excited because he he likes to go deep into movies like I do, which is really cool. It's not just about. It's a really great partnership for them. And, and it's not just about spouting your favorite lines and all that kind of stuff. We, we like to look at it on a technical aspect and the making of and the, the cultural circumstances at the time and just all that kind of stuff. The talent involved behind the scenes. So it's uh, it's I think it'll be really cool anyway. And I'm, I'm very excited. And it was cool because I, I wanted to ask him to do a podcast for a while because, again, we just we were just we're very similar. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like how similar the, the the interests we have like we don't necessarily have the exact favorite movies or ever anything but we we have you know genres that we love and like his favorite movies are still some of the what i think are some of the best movies even if they're not my personal favorites you know what i mean uh it's not silverado <laughs> <laughs> it's not or, replicas <laughs> yeah it's not stuff like that but we we do we we do want to cover bad movies too though you know we want to cover right but if you, kinds if of you go stuff. into it intentionally knowing they're a bad movie it's a yeah. different experience than going into it being like oh that sounds really good and i can't wait to watch replicas i can't wait to watch silverado <laughs> So like, Rado wasn't a bad movie. It's just not worth doing a deep dive on it, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we just we're we're, we're similar in, in a lot of stupid ways. We 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 love T-shirts. We love buying T-shirts with the things we love with the franchises we love on them or amalgamations of the franchises we love and just stupid little things like that. So I, I was trying to gear up to be like, hey, man, would you be interested in doing a podcast? And when I asked him, it sounded, it seemed to me like when we were at dinner that night. Yeah, Lauren seemed like she was like, see, like he apparently he was spitballing an idea to do. And he wanted to do video, though, obviously, yeah. which I've, I'm more than down for. Podcasting was is just more my my budget. <laughs> we already have everything required. <laughs> right. So that's why I was starting there. But he wants to do video. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I don't care. I, that'd be that'd be really cool. I'd love to be, have more of a presence on YouTube. So, yeah, uh, we do have a title, but I don't, I don't know if it's permanent yet, so I'm not going to announce the title yet. Um, but, but as it gets closer uh, and obviously I'll, I'll put up some URLs and things like that. Um, but, yeah, we're both really excited. It was kind of a mutual idea that we came up with, but separately. You know what I mean? And so it was cool that we're like our heads were in that same space as well. So it just kind of makes sense. It's really it, it's funny, like as an out, I, I don't want to call it outsider, but like as somebody who. You know, who's just happened to be at dinner, it was really funny to watch them both like it was like one of them getting up the guts to ask the other out <laughs> and like, like Sean said something and Lauren was like, see, 
And then Mark was like, yeah, I had that idea, too. And I, I want to do YouTube. And like then they start talking about it. And it was like, oh, you guys have been wanting to go out and, and do this anyway. <laughs> like you guys both like each other. We had a meet so cute, cute at John Wick 3, if you think of it that way, too. Yeah, you did. Right. Because, because that's where I, I met like, him was when we went to. And I you were like, hey, there, there's there's Mark Hunter from. Uh, yeah. And because uh, you, you had met him previously. Yep. Uh, I knew him. And then you added him on Facebook based on the fact that I told you to. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you don't understand. You're a lot in common with this dude. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, I have uh, a lot of anticipation for that. I think it'll be a lot of fun and hopefully a lot be entertaining for people that are really into movies. Yeah, it'll... We'll, we'll cover TV and stuff, too. We're talking about doing The Mandalorian. He's a big Star Wars guy. And he likes to do a lot of the same stuff I do where, like, before something comes out, he wants to watch all the previous things and stuff like that. So uh, it could be... I think it'll be a lot of fun. And we're also not afraid to argue with each other. But uh, so that, that'll that be... I mean, not that we really argue, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be fun. Mark is not like Sean in that he doesn't... He's not, um, he's very soft-spoken. He's not, he's not right. aggressive in your face, like which is funny. He's very considered and, and when he, when he speaks and everything, which is a good counterbalance to my energy, <laughs> which can be a bit aggressive, I understand. Yeah, he's super, but it's funny though, chill. if you don't know who Chimera is and it's spelled C-H-I-M-A-I-R-A, -A, uh, just look him up on YouTube. Watch, watch the video for Power Trip. He's the singer. That guy, that guy that's in that video singing is very soft-spoken. I just want you to know that. Yeah, <laughs> he's watch, super duper chill. Go watch he's Chimera's super... Power Trip video. Very what, nice man. And like, uh, he's actually like, very, yeah. And his his girlfriend is super duper nice. Like, Yeah, like they're both just a, sweethearts. He's got a really great partner. Like, they're very, very great people. All right, so this week, I am going to be talking a little bit about the movie Back to the Future which I watched last night, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it, actually what it also is, it is my absolute favorite movie poster, which I know is not significant to you. But, you know, I, I have movie posters. I don't have anywhere to display them yet. But when I do, I will get, I love movie posters. I love movie size posters too. None of this 24 by 36 nonsense. Give me my 27 by 40 or 27 by 41. Right? Right? You hear me, Maggie? Yeah. Yeah. None of this bullshit bedroom poster size. Anyway, I do. I like movie posters, but the Back to the Future movie poster, the reason it's one of my favorites is, aside from being a, obviously a Drew Struzan poster, which one of the greatest yep. poster artists of all time. I really miss the Drew Struzan era of movie posters. This was this is why my other po my my thing with Mark is going to be good because <laughs> he will care about the things I'm saying when I mention Drew Struzan. <laughs> What? But this is good, too, because it's funny, because it also puts me in my place and tells me, like, how niche my my interests are. Huh? Um, so anyway, Drew Struzan did tons of posters, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, so the movie poster he names two things. Some of you may remember, but well, those are like two of the big, biggest franchises ever. Huh? And Guillermo del Toro brought him out of retirement just to do the Hellboy poster for the 2004 Hellboy because he loved Drew Struzan. Duh. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think that was a duh. That's a duh. <laughs> That's a duh from movie fanboy over here. Anyway, the, the Back to the Future movie poster, all it really is, it's kind of a backlit shot of Marty McFly. Oh my God, are you going to explain a movie poster? I am because this, it's, this imagery is part of what drew me <laughs> into the movie as a kid. And again, you got to remember, I couldn't even see the movie. 1983 was the last year I was allowed to go to movies. Return of the Jedi was like my cutoff. And then my mom was like, oh, it turns out movies are evil and you'll go to hell. So we can't do that anymore. And so I this was 1985. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's backlit. Marty McFly standing there. He's got one leg in the DeLorean. It's got the gold wing door. So the door's up and he's pulling up his sunglasses, looking at his watch. And then there's flames on the road. And it's so it's the DeLorean. It's Michael J. Fox. These flames. It just really set my like childhood Sean's imagination in motion as to what could possibly be going on in this movie. It just looked amazing. I, d I don't know how else to put it. I've seen the movie. It's pretty good. The movie is really good. 
but the poster alone like just really sucked me in movie posters nowadays like I, i'm always complaining about them because a lot of it's just floating heads well nowadays the the they all look the same a lot of them yes they're 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 starting to get a little bit more stylized i've noticed it as of late but for for a while there it was literally just the actor's heads and the name of the movie and it would have like the actor's names at the top there was like no imagination there it's fucking terrible they're starting to get a little more clever with with some movie posters which i really like um because, I don't know, it's an important part of the marketing campaign. And I don't remember that terrible movie It Follows and how that had that same like that same movie poster as like Riverdale. And like they all had the same like, yeah, car. I didn't think It Follows was terrible. I, it was OK. It wasn't one of those movies that got really horror movie that got really hyped. And it was it was different, but it wasn't amazing. It wasn't good. It was just OK. It and wasn't I, good. I don't remember hating it as much as you did. So. Well, I only like good movies. That's not, not true. I'm not like um, you. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's a false statement. Uh, but anyway, getting, getting away from the movie poster. So this movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis. This was probably his first like real big movie. He uh, he had had a kind of a hit with uh, uh, Romancing the Stone. Oh, I liked that movie when I was a kid. Still, I've still never seen Romancing the Stone. That's weird. Anyway. Um, so he was the director. He was also the co-writer along with Bob Gale. Of course, starred uh, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, Chris Crispin Glover, Leah Thompson. Uh, came out July third, nineteen eighty-five. Had a budget of nineteen million dollars, which adjusted uh, inflation adjusted for today would be about a forty-five million dollar budget, which is a low to mid-budget movie basically yeah, that's nowadays. Yeah, low budget. It went on to gross in nineteen eighty-five three hundred and eighty-nine million. Which would be about nine hundred and twenty-seven million dollars, so almost a billion dollars today on a. It's a lot of money. Yeah, for for a movie on that budget, yeah. So big hit, in other words, huge hit, biggest money maker of nineteen eighty-five. It's a it's a that's a good movie. I think everybody's seen it. I don't think anybody's out there going. I should check this out. Sean said it's pretty good. Um, like what's that what what do you call it this Back movie was ubiquitous i even got to see it this was a movie i did get to see probably about a year or two later at my aunt and uncle's house my mom let me watch it watch it over there wow my, yeah um on on video and i was so excited Why? to stay the night i think because her brother talked her into it oh yeah so i uh, you know obviously i'll take movies where i could get them so th- that was very exciting for me even though it was like a year or two after the fact uh, i saw it too i don't remember why you see it in the theater? No, I wasn't old enough. I was four. Oh, <laughs> I saw E.T. in the theater. I remember seeing that. And I remember seeing Indiana Jones and uh, or not Indiana Jones. I'm sorry. Just Raiders of the Lost Ark. We've talked about my first movie, Smurfs and the Magic Flute. I, OK. <laughs> I have to Google. And see we have talked about that. The magic yeah. Flute. All right. So just some 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 fun factoids about the movie really um so they they wanted to get uh michael j fox to play marty mcfly and steven spielberg got in touch with the the showrunner over at family ties which is what michael j fox was doing at the time and that show had just become a pretty big success had been around for about three years and it moved into like the top five or something on tv and they thought he would be perfect for the role and talk to the producers directors over there and they said no they were afraid that he you know it would take him out of his schedule so he wouldn't he wouldn't be focused on on family ties and they're also i think they were also afraid of letting him become a movie star right which is kind of how jobs are which pisses me off like when yeah. you're good at something they just want to keep you in it yeah, they don't they care don't about your you potential do, right they just want to put their keep their f- fucking foot on your throat yep. and keep you in that position anyway they're like nah you be alex p keaton forever right so instead, they cast uh, Eric Stoltz. I don't know if you know who that is. Mask? Mask, yes. And later on, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I didn't think about that. I think of him as... as so Eric Stoltz mask. took this role a little too seriously, though, and he, he ended up getting fired after about a month into filming because he he played it like like straight-up character act, like a, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, what do they call that? Um, method method thank you method where he wanted people to call him marty when he oh. wasn't in character and he could seem to only focus on how sad it was 
that Marty had these memories that no one else would have. And so like he played it kind of depressingly. It wasn't comedic because <laughs> that was that was his focus. Like he went deep in the character and he was just like, man, it's, it's sad to live in a world where you're the only one with these memories. You don't have these shared memories. Everybody has different memories than you. And it's like, calm down, <laughs> calm down, Eric Stoltz. <laughs> this isn't mask. It's like, like, that is not the kind of thing we are going for. Eric Stoltz mask Marty. And so, yeah, so they ended up. They ended up uh, shit canning him and they were finally able to get Michael J. Fox into the role. Um, where am I here? Sorry. Lost where I was. That's what happens when you just read Wikipedia <laughs> on a podcast. You're going to do that. You're going to get you can get on camera and just read Wikipedia. No, I, see, I got to be better than that on, my, on a real show with a with like a ginormous audience. Ginormous. So. So they had to add about three million dollars to the budget to recast the, the character, but they, they had to do it. So wait, how much? Three million. It was Well then I guess you know how much <laughs> Alex P. Keaton Well also made. they had to refilm stuff though. Oh, too. Yeah. It wasn't just that wasn't just his salary at the time. Uh they they had to reshoot a lot of stuff, and that means paying other people that yeah. might have been done shooting. So yeah. I mean there's a lot of different stuff in there. That means adding on three months of filming. So also oh, Eric Stoltz was uncomfortable riding a skateboard. So that was uh, that was <laughs> that was another factor there. So Christopher Lloyd was only cast as Doc Brown after their first choice became unavailable. Their first choice was John Lithgow. Oh, my God. That yeah. Could hilarious. you imagine? But no, it, Doc Brown is Christopher Lloyd just fucking nailed that. So uh, Crispin Glover played George McFly. Who was our first choice for that? That uh, fell through. <laughs> I don't have any info on that. So, um, Crispin Glover had to become. So, uh, I, I guess Crispin Glover, he improvised a lot of George's nerdy mannerisms, like his shaky hands. And uh, uh, Robert Zeme Zemeckis once joked that they were endlessly throwing a net over Crispin because he was completely off about 50% of the time in his interpretation of the character. <laughs> And then you may remember he did not reprise the character in, in parts two and three. But that and that was a whole other thing. Rabbit hole. I went down at one point where like, he, I don't know, it, it, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, how something went wrong and then they had to implement all these statutes. And this was like something with him where he he didn't like that they could just keep using like his his image and everything yeah. for promotional stuff. And he's still not getting paid for it and stuff like that. So but that was that was a whole other thing. So but that's um. I didn't know that they didn't use him because oh. I don't remember two and three at all. Oh, man. All right. Um, oh, Leah Thompson was only was cast because uh, they she had worked with uh, Eric Stoltz before in a movie called The Wildlife. But she, they, they kept her around, though. So that's nice. Um, it's good that they kept Caroline in the city. And then this is a little tidbit I didn't know. Melora Hardin. Do you know who that is? Melora. She played Jan on The Office. I was like, I know that name. Yeah. yeah. So she was originally cast as Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer. Oh. But she was let go after Stoltz was dismissed. Uh, the explanation being that the actress was now too tall to be playing against Fox. So um, <laughs> she was replaced before she even had a chance to shoot a single scene. How bad would that suck to land a movie and then you're like, you're too tall for our lead. You got to go. I'm sorry. Man, and then that's like brutal. That's the only Hollywood, thing that man. you're ever known as after that is fucking Jan. Well, that's not that's not the worst thing that could happen to you by any means. I don't know. Have you ever seen Jan? Jan is a <laughs> fucking raging cunt. <laughs> she was a little bit of a raging cunt. Um, all right. Other tidbits about the movie. Um, so they make reference to Ronald Reagan. Uh, a couple times. Do you remember that? No. All right. So Ronald Reagan was president in 1985. Ronald Reagan before that was an actor. Yeah. Right. So when he goes back to 1955, the days when he was an actor, and then Doc Brown says to Marty, uh, oh, so who's president in 1985? He's like, Ronald Reagan. He's like, the actor. And he just loses his shit because that's so absurd, which in today's world is even more I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about like, it. That's very. But uh, but he makes a big joke of it. So when Ronald Reagan saw the movie uh, and they did that, 
that line, that little exchange, he found it hysterical and made the projectionist rewind the movie <laughs> so they could watch it again, which I was like, man, that's that's another contrast for today's. We have this thin skinned snowflake of a president <laughs> who can't handle Trump would make her shred the movie <laughs> and then would pull out his phone and start misspelling tweets. <laughs> About. Right, right. About how Christopher Lloyd is a terrible actor. He's a horrible, he's the worst actor. But everybody says so. Everybody yeah, says everyone. so. Everybody says so. Everyone knows. Right. Bad every, exclamation every, You know, I know. Everyone knows. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Oh, so bad. All right. Um, I got to. Uh, I lost my spot here. All right. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry. All right. So step your game. So when up. they were shopping the movie around, they it, they were getting rejected by a lot of studios because it wasn't raunchy. So at the time, early 80s, you had Porky's, you had Revenge of the Nerds, you had Fast Times at Ridgemont High, things like that. So and, and movies that weren't raunchy didn't didn't really perform well. So but Disney didn't want it because, you know, there's a little bit of incest <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> now, this was a thing. This is what I remember watching. That movie made me uncomfortable first time. Because I watched it in front of my mom. And I was obviously old enough <laughs> to understand that this was, you know, weird and gross. And even in 1986 or 87 or whatever, I remember thinking, like, this is kind of weird. This is gross. This guy's trying to not have sex with his mom really hard. <laughs> and his I, mom is trying it just, it so felt hard. Like, it felt like a heavy like thematically it felt heavy to me at the time and it's still i think it's funny that that like the studios are all like this isn't nearly raunchy enough it's like are you sure are you fucking sure <laughs> right it's like we gotta watch see nipples. it again <laughs> we gotta see some nipples here uh yeah all right um oh uh you'll like this little tidbit uh th there's a lot of ideas they had before they you, you know they had a, a lot of drafts of the script and ideas for the movie. One of them was that Doc Brown had a pet chimpanzee named Shemp. So I'm sure you would have liked that. Why didn't that happen? <laughs> uh, I mean, I like dogs, but you could have had a dog and a chimp. So in an earlier draft, uh, Marty McFly was a video pirate, meaning he's he sold bootleg movies and ran like a black market operation with Doc Brown. And... Uh, however, pro producer Sid Scheinberg insisted that Doc Brown's pet chimp had to go because he thought that chimps never do well. So Zemeckis pointed out the movie Every Which Way But Loose with, you know, the orangutan Clint Eastwood movie. No, um, I don't know what you're talking about. So Shemp instead became a dog named Einstein. Mm. Uh, all right. In the original script, uh, the time machine was just in the back of a pickup truck. It was a actually a refrigerator. Yeah, been. but they were, but Bob Zemeckis was scared that kids would lock themselves in refrigerators because that was back when refrigerators still had the door. Some of the older ones had that the kind of like locking door for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it's the only way they could keep them shut, I guess, at the time. And and then Marty and Doc had to bring the, it was it was a refrigerator in the back of a truck and they had to bring it to a nuclear bomb test site and wait for nu the nuclear explosion to go off to get okay. back. And then. They changed it and they thought a car would be better. It's more mobile. And then also it helped with the scene when he arrives and it looks like a UFO. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. What else? Oh, Come they on. had to build a special speedometer for the DeLorean. So Jimmy Carter in 1979 had, had signed a law that speedometers could only go up to 85 miles per hour to try and discourage people from speeding. Uh, that law was revoked in the late 80s. But obviously this movie was made in like 84, 85. So. The speedometer only went to 85. So to show that it was reaching 88, they had to create a special a speedometer and then with a digital readout. So uh, I was like, my car goes faster than 85. What's going on? <laughs> Just on the speedometer, it could only go up to 85, which is, yeah. Um, the movie was almost all, uh, called Spaceman from Pluto. Oh. So, yeah, because Sid Scheinberg didn't like the title Back to the Future. He's like, how do you go back to the future? Which the, the titular line in the movie is delivered by Doc Brown when he says we have to get you back to the future, which makes sense. He has to get back to the future. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, well, this guy did not get it. So um, so he wrote a memo saying that uh, they needed to catch your title and suggested Spaceman from Pluto. 
Huh. I'm not a big fan of this sitcom. Produce this is this is how I picture Sony's producers, by the way, like Spider-Man producers over at Sony. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. Let's do it. And they're just all coked out of their fucking minds and they think everybody has good ideas. That's my fear. Like when <laughs> at, like producer meetings over at Sony and you got like maybe one or two guys are like, this is not Spider-Man at all. <laughs> like this is this isn't going well. This like, is not. Dude, Space Man from Pluto. Though. So. All right. Well, that I'll, I'll just I'll leave off there um, because that's our time. And we have to go that's see. our time. That's our time. We have to go. See, we have to get ready to go see Ghostbusters in the theater. I've never seen Ghostbusters in the theater, guys. And it's like my all time favorite movie, like singular movie. I think the Star Wars movies are probably like just my favorite movies collectively, like the original trilogy. But my favorite singular movie and probably the movie I've watched the most. Is is got to be Ghostbusters. And I'm very excited to go see it in the theater day. It's going to have a special intro from the actors. And I guess what we're going to see Wednesday. And then we're going to go see your favorite movie in theaters on Wednesday. We're going to see Clue. Clue. In a new, not a new theater, a new to us theater out in Beechwood. That's like a restaurant food. and theater. Yeah. You so get I'm, there 20 minutes ahead of time. They'll serve you food at your, at your seat. Yeah. There's like a, there's a table and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited for that experience. Check that out. Yeah. Um, Doing that Wednesday. So it's kind of, isn't that kind of crazy in the same week that both our favorite movies are in, back in theaters? Yeah, this is a good week for us. Pretty weird. And yours is actually starting to play today, too. Like, yeah, I actually there was some. Uh, yeah, there was a little miscommunication. So Maggie, Maggie gets really excited about things. And I thought it was yesterday. Uh, on Friday, I'm at lunch at work, which normally I don't eat lunch at work, but they were serving food that day. So I'm sitting across from my boss. Maggie's texting me. Mark is texting me and my boss is talking to me. And Maggie is frantically texting me about Clue is playing tomorrow. No, we got to go see Clue tomorrow. We got to go see it. It's playing. Like, first, she sends me a screen cap that has no actual information in it. She's like, we need to go to this. And there's nothing in there. I'm like, and it's literally like the name of the movie theater. I'm like, OK, why? <laughs> What's at the movie theater? What's at this movie theater that we need to go to tomorrow? Because you didn't include the movie. <laughs> because, again, you're so afraid. It's so it's very cute. It's super cute and endearing. I love when she gets excited about things like that, actually. I really do, because you don't often do that. I, I rarely and, get excited about things yeah. like movies. So you send me a thing like and I'm like, well, yeah, of course we can go tomorrow. That's fine. And. But. We both failed to notice that it said October 6th and not October 5th. Well, actually, I think you thought Saturday was the 6th. I'm I guessing. Did. Yeah, you didn't realize that it was actually the 5th. And uh, so now then we I had to go through this whole hassle to get our ticket switched because this theater doesn't do refunds for some reason, which I'm pretty sure is illegal in Ohio. Right. That doesn't make any Especially sense. Especially since the charges are still pending. So I could have just disputed them and got it refunded. Right. But whatever. Weird. Um, but yeah, so Ghostbusters today. Clue on Wednesday. Very cool way to start October. And then we're uh, we're going to go see Ghostbusters with Mark and Lauren. Um. I don't think they're coming on Wednesday, though. Well, no, he's a Mason. He's got his meeting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got to I got to go shower and get ready to go see Ghostbusters. Yeah. I've never seen that before. I should probably take a nap. I actually got to sleep in a little bit today, but took the dogs out and stuff, but was able to get back to bed. So I think I I'll slept be, for about 16 hours, I so well, I should be OK. I'll be well rested. I'll sneak a nap in if I have to, because I, I do fall asleep during movies that I've seen 100 times. It's just how I am. It's Pavlovian. He puts it's on food. he puts on Ghostbusters to go to sleep, so he'll probably fall yeah, asleep. It just kind of lulls me to sleep. You're going to make a night nights. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We're done here. Bye. Bye.